Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. What if you can measure culture? What if you can measure team and inter-team interactions? What if you could build a culture that gives employees the one thing they're begging for, consistent and authentic recognition? On this week's podcast, Dan Casper, founder of Wishlist, shows us how to build a culture that values and practices recognition in unique ways and has the data to prove its efficacy. You'll want to stay tuned to perhaps the most effective tool to enhance your culture as you team anywhere. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis on the East Coast, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Mitch Simon on the West Coast. Hello, everybody. Yes, yes. And I am here with a wonderful guest. We are here, um, Dan Casper. And Dan is a growth architect and innovator with passion for building high-performing teams and deriving long-term results by leveraging the power of technology and challenging the status quo. Uh, He was in the Navy, the U.S. Navy, for six years um, in special operations with with SEAL Team 5. Now, that's a whole other podcast that we probably could have, right? And after leaving active duty, he worked for um, Airbnb, and he initiated and executed global expansion for the trust and safety teams in the America and Asia Pacific. He is currently CEO of Wishlist, an HR technology organization, which helps build cohesive cultures and engagement within workforces. And in his spare time, he just loves to go out and look for stories or create them himself. Welcome, Dad. Yes, thank you both. Thanks, Jenny. I see we yeah. have the East and West Coast represented all joined from the Mid Coast here in Denver, Colorado. But appreciate Straight you guys line. hosting. Yep, I've look, been looking forward to this opportunity and the chance to connect with you guys on Team Anywhere podcast. So thank you in advance for having me. Oh, terrific! Great, well, great, to have you, great to have you here. We got someone on yeah. Mountain Time. Mountain. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We have really learned our time zones having a podcast. Uh, So Dan, um, we're going to start off like we usually do, at least for maybe one more year, then we may have to drop this. But (laughs) what have you learned? Yeah, what have you learned during this real tumultuous few years? Uh, With the pandemic coming out, going virtual, all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. It has been an interesting or even, you know, tumultuous past few years. What we're seeing from the HR space is, you know, that really the work landscape has completely shifted. And if we have business leaders haven't shifted how we're investing in our culture or supporting our people, odds are our team's performance and culture are also impacted or suffering as well. And why is this happening? Well, because strategies and initiatives also need to adapt to the drastic changes that 
have happened are continuing to happening within the work environment and the overall ecosystem. 2020 and the aftershocks now that are kicking into 21, and as you mentioned, potentially getting into 2022, have really shaken the organizations and the work landscape to the core. We're seeing that employees have been feeling unappreciated, unsupported, and alone. Conversely, companies are also scrambling to adapt to this new era of work. So if we aren't adapting us as employers and leaders within the business landscape, we're also falling behind whether we know it or not. So as you mentioned in your question, there's definitely a lot of data and insights coming off this phase of uh, the workforce. So let's look at some of those specifically tailored to the last two years and kind of surrounding the employee engagement space and culture. We're seeing that 91% of employees working from home reported experiencing moderate to extreme stress and 69% of workers claim that the past two years alone have been some of the most stressful times that they've experienced their entire professional career, including major events like September 11th or even the 2008 recession. So to counter this, we've seen an increased trend of successful employers playing an expanded role in their employees' financial, physical, and mental well-being. So it's time for us as employers to really step up and to offer some more help into various components of our team's lives. So McKenzie Consulting actually ran an interesting story which showed that organizations that have been investing in building engagement over the last two years will be in better positions than others because building these cohesive cultures also has a direct link to business performance. And you know these cohesive cultures is something that we really believe in with our software. We define it as an organization's ability to innovate, experiment, and also kind of quickly take um, advantage of new opportunities. So it's especially important in today's environment. And those companies that are adapting, investing their people are seeing 55% more productivity across their teams, 49% increase in well-being, and 21% increase in their bottom line. Right. Right. Which then, uh, t- to fill that all in, is wish list. Uh, and uh, could you just give us a description? Who, what is wish list? Yeah, wish list is a um, human resources company in the tech space. We focus on building engagement and culture. So our mission is essentially to amplify company performance through igniting the power of people. So we, uh, our software aims to do that through, you know, kind of taking core human concepts that have been around for millennia, the art of human connection and the psychology behind it. We then digitize it. So whether you're on the East Coast, the West Coast or the Mid Coast, you can still be involved in building that culture. And thirdly, we're also linking that to company performance because we understand that Businesses aren't just social clubs, they're out to accomplish something. And so we are connecting the data piece to human behavior and culture as well. Okay, so I just got to jump to the chase because that was a lot of data. Thank you so much for that, Dan. Yeah, we love data. (laughs) I do. Okay, (laughs) everyone has heard that we need to invest in our culture. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, most people have no idea where to invest because investing in the culture was, okay, lunches and social events and uh, comfy chairs and ping pong tables. Mm -hmm. Where are people investing and what are the returns that they're finding right now? Yeah, absolutely. So the the correct answer is it depends, Uh, like any lawyer will tell you. Uh, But it really does because, you know, your culture is um, very unique and it should be unique. It should be different. It should be your culture should be defined independently of that of others. So I think it depends upon your values and what you're trying to accomplish. And that's what I suggest starting it 
is making and investing in a system that is unique and accomplishes what you want it to for your specific vision and mission. So um, that may be in what we're seeing is things that have uh, been done in the physical world She's tried to look to solutions that are doing that in the digital world. So what we see and what we um, adapt and build are a solution to incentivize behavior. So that's with our rewards solution. And what we do differently in the reward space is instead of offering plaques and trophies, we're very passionate about things that are memorable. So we, we leverage experiences. So think driving Ferrari, skydiving, brewery tours, trips to Costa Rica, things that are a bit more meaningful and that can help build your employer brand. And we're also seeing the needs coming out of the COVID environment really changing on recognition. And that's the biggest change that we've seen in the workforce is, you know, companies have worked extremely hard to build their culture um, and now they've had to shake that up. And so while even recognition solutions that have worked for companies in the past now, if they're not doing things differently, they're starting to fall behind and create gaps within their organization because, one, the demographics have shifted within the workforce pretty significantly in the past few years, but also we have a new environment. So what we're seeing being very important in today's solutions uh, that people should look for to um, kind of develop their culture is recognition solutions that are impact focused. So what has traditionally been a solution to send points back and forth as a way to say thank you, we're seeing currency is less important to today's demographic. So um, look for solutions that are more impact focused. So you're able to see how uh, different people and teams are performing even in remote environments. We're also seeing that recognition of today is less just A to B. It's less just from Mitch to Ginny, perhaps there's Dan involved too. Uh, so we're seeing a multivariate approach being very important. So like peer-to-peer-to-peer -to -peer -to -peer concepts, um, solutions that are also making recognition less of an afterthought and more top of mind through prompts or integrations or leveraging technology to run and automate programs for you is very important. And then we're also seeing a very uh, push towards uh, power of choice and more meaningful concepts. Um, again, one solution isn't a fit all for others. So making sure you can link to your company values, link to your performance goals, and make sure something is unique and fun to be engaged with. So can you give us an example or two or three on uh, impact-focused solutions that have worked in companies that you're working with? Yeah, of course. Um, so like a, like a use case or like Absolutely. a case study for us? Yeah, okay. of course. So yeah, we actually recently started working with a company out of the Bay Area. Uh, they have about 1,400 employees. Uh, they're in the computer network and IT security. But they had a need because they hadn't really updated their rewards and recognition strategy in about eight years. They had looked to leverage more the power of choice to fit their diverse team. And they wanted rewards more meaningful than their gift cards. So they ended up going with Wishlist because we were impact and are more impact focused and not about points. That's a key differentiator for us. Uh, we have top-notch experiences, and then we have integrations to Microsoft Teams, so it's in places they already work. So exciting to see is that to date, 68% uh, of their team has been rewarded. We're also seeing weekly engagement um, about 60%. And then their employee net promoter score, which is a unique way to measure um, kind of company culture and uh, happiness within that as a likelihood to recommend working there, is actually up 27% to 52 since the launch. So it's been fun to look at the data pieces and some other things that they were able to find by using the wishlist software is we have um, we, we actually double down on data and insights surrounding people. And uh, that separates us from others because we realize, you know, 
humans are very complex. They're not just binary and zero ones, but it's so important to be able to gather data surrounding your people. So we, one of our data elements is actually inclusivity score. And so they were able to use that tool to see the relationship between sales and account management was actually degraded because there's less interactions between those departments as compared to others. So they're able to jump in with some team building and now their interactions have improved. And since their launch process from new clients has also improved, and then finally, they also realized the trend that offboarded employees were recognized 40% less than current company averages. So they could create flags and insights and warnings that, hey, if somebody is not getting recognitions at this level, it's time to start doing so or they're going to be a flight risk for us. So these are some of the data and insights that we like looking at. And it's been interesting to, to see them used in the wild for some of these case studies and use examples. So oh, that's example, so exciting. Yeah. Can you give us an example of, a, of an impact focused reward because we're used to get, you know, in our world here, you know, at least on the West Coast, you know, oh, I got a gift card. Oh, mm-hmm. I got some money. Oh, I got a bonus. Oh, uh, I got a thank you note. What are some things that are actually happening um, with the companies that you're working with? What are they receiving that such that they go, oh my gosh, this was amazing and my MPS net promoter score went up? Yeah, that's the unique thing is, you know, rewards are so um, it can be so specific to people and and being able to leverage the power of choice is really what we're excited about. As I mentioned, we originally started with experiences and have since built out a marketplace. We have about 5000 of those um, things that are a bit more meaningful. Go horseback riding, uh, ski in the mountains, um, go to a spa day, stuff like that. We also expanded. We offer travel now for some of those sales fifths or more high value rewards. So you can travel on behalf of your company. Uh, we have swags so you can wear and you know, represent your company's swag and apparel. We have customer rewards that companies can build as well. So whether that be lunch with the CEO, additional paid time off. So really kind of having custom approaches. And even through COVID, we had a stay-at-home category that was about 62% of our bookings, things like executive coaching or learn a second language. And so some of the fun stories coming off this is we actually saw recently a couple get engaged through a wish list experience. And a reward. We also reward. (laughs) Exactly. So these are some of the, you know, interactions that are happening, being facilitated on behalf of the employer. And now we're talking about stories and memories and things like cash is always great, right? It's great to get that monetary reward. We're not saying, you know, that's, you know, not to do that. We're saying that there's additional things you can do that can be more memorable and help you build your brand and connect people and build your culture, which is really how we try to leverage our marketplace. Yeah, I love the I love the way that um, your focus is on story focused rewards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I get a gift card, there's no story there. But if I get horseback riding or if I, if I find my wife, that's an incredible story. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, right. Right. You're exactly right. I mean, that's kind of in human nature, right? Humans communicate best through storytelling, and that's part of that human psychology built in through the platform. We also hear kind of the opposite of that of horror stories of rewards and, you know, through the consultative sales processes, we've heard uh, a story where somebody who recently became sober was sent a box of wine. We heard somebody who was hearing impaired receive an iPod and that stuff Whoa. like that can actually do more harm than good um, and right. have an adverse effect to your company. So it's, it's an interesting uh, to be able to build and fun to build a marketplace to, to have options that are more memorable and let people pick what's, what's most important to them. Yeah, those are really good stories, by the oh, way. Oh, they are. They are. <laughs> now, let's go back just a little further in terms of, um, so there's wish list, I know, in our company. Um, how does it work from the employee point of view? I go to a meeting and what? I, I um, 
I might think it's a great meeting. And so then I go to wish list and I say, had this great meeting. We all came together and kudos to Charlie and Ann, blah, blah. And that goes into the system. Exactly. So um, a picture. So we're web-based applications. You can log in anywhere you have internet um, and imagine almost like a social media feed. Um, However, it's more catered to the workplace. And the concept of our platform is essentially uh, several fold, but it's aimed to have that love and belonging feeling that is, you know, remember back from your psych 101 days of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's still a thing. People are spending so much time at work. They're dedicating their resources and their time and their everything that they put into this. Um, and so they want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. And so this connection is actually psychologically based where that love and belonging, that third tier is, you know, the bottom is, hey, am I breathing? Then do I feel safe? Really, Wishlist tries to inject itself in that third tier. We're aiming to build a tribe, a culture, something you can be proud to be a part of. But the platform is a picture of social media-esque. You're able to recognize somebody or call out the good work that is happening. You can connect that to your company values. You can connect that to a business goal. You can tag a team. You can tag a department. We make it fun by you can add gifts, emojis. Uh, you can record or take a picture of whatever if you went on an experience. And that yeah. gets posted to a feed. Um, And then you can also interact with that as you go along. We have integrations to Microsoft Teams, Slack, various HRIS integrations. So it's also uh, you can conduct exactly what you'd be doing on the platform from places you already work as well. And then there's also an administration side where you could set budgets, approval features, nominations, surveys, and then a data piece as well. Uh, where you can understand what is happening and engage with your culture to making sure it's improving too. Again, it's not just a, a social club we're trying to build here. We're trying to build a cohesive culture and a high performing team because that also drives business results. Right. So I, what really crystallized the picture for me is when you said, think social media. Mm-hmm. Where I would go on and say, oh, my God, look at this great dinner meal. And here's a picture. And I, by the way, I was with Mary and John and we discussed the closing of XYZ deal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. And then your software goes in with certain metrics to highlight connections and problems so that a decision maker, like you said, hey, we better go do some team building over. Or there's an opportunity over in this region that we hadn't even thought of. Let's go in there and help make that happen. Yeah, I love that. And I love the data aspect, Dan, which I'm sure you love the data aspect. Because that's that's the big sale here is to actually catch the the differences among the different people in your company as to where, where there is recognition and where there is not. And you don't pick that up necessarily in your engagement surveys. Is that correct? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and that's, you know, the data piece is something that's central to our platform. Um, and it's really interesting to even just start to see the data come through and aggregate that as a whole and just see how teams are interacting, even through the COVID landscape. Um, and so, you know, if a recognition platform is something that you're interested in, what we're seeing is good recognition companies will have data surrounding how many recognitions are sent by who or by what team or individual. They may also have the ability to connect company values 
or even business goals. And most stop there. But to us, that really doesn't, I mean, it's nice to have, but we want to understand insights that allow me to change behaviors. And that's really what we're aiming to do. So some of the data pieces that we recently launched, uh, one which I mentioned to you in the case study was inclusivity. So you're able to see who is being left out potentially and are they flight risks? We're also able to see the rewards and recognition penetration. So any correlations between offboarded employees and their engagement rate. We're looking at that employee NPS score, which we think is a great metric. It's traditionally used as a user or client-facing metric, but let's look at that internally. You know, how likely is your are your employees to recommend your company to to work there? And so we're able to see and track improvement and benchmark those against other similar industries and verticals. A really interesting piece too is collaboration mapping. And so that's something we're actively building in the platform too. You know, traditionally you see org charts, who reports to two reports to who uh, only tells you so much, correct? But if you're able to see collaboration mapping, see who is interacting with who, maybe that new person that just started on your team is a key um, to several departments. And maybe that manager who's been around for 20 years is actually out on an island. So now we're starting to get to data that I can make decisions and change my behaviors to attract, to retain talent and really build those culture, not to mention one of the things that we're building now is in beta testing is an in-platform ROI calculator. That's something that's been really difficult to measure is, you know, rewards and recognition historically. Okay, great. But what's, how is this impacting my culture? How is this saving me money on turnover? So now we're gathering all interactions between your teams and we're correlating that to your payroll amounts and we're spinning it out and showing engagement scores and how that is actively saving you money. So these are some of the metrics that I think are important for next stage workforces as we go through the pandemic is let's not just track numbers for the sake of tracking numbers, but let's actually look at data, which gives us insights, which allows us to change our behaviors. Can you share with us? Okay. As you guys can tell, I love this podcast. Yeah, it does. So, <laughs> I know. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. So let's, let's say we've got uh we've got good boss. We're going to call him uh, a George. We've got mm -hmm. bad boss. We're going to call him uh Brad. So, so George is good boss. Brad is bad boss. How are we how are we tracking that the collaboration so we know that George is actually collaborating? What what is happening? And um I'd say no, yeah, George is a good boss, bad boss is Brad. How are we finding out that Brad is actually not collaborating? What would what would actually happen in the data? Yeah, so what what we're looking at through our system, um, and also looking at that through um, integrations like Slack and integrations like Microsoft Teams, is we're able to see they're how much um, they are recognizing all members of their team. Are they doing so evenly? Is their team interacting with other departments evenly or in or not evenly? Um, and then we have that, we have baseline studies and metrics that we compare that to. Um, and we see his basically his interaction with his team and then compare that to normalized data. And then we spit out essentially a backend score and then visualize that in a way um, with the collaboration mapping feature to show who is kind of the center of your organization and who is potentially farther out. So it almost looks like a spider web um, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. kind of initials or names. And you can see people more central to the spider web have more interactions and are more regular or higher performing in terms of interaction with holistically across their teams, or across their departments and in a regular amount. And people less so are um, essentially a flight risk or potentially not engaged with their team. Um, and now we're something that we need to take action for and look at their behaviors to say, you know, is there actually something going on here? Right, right. And I can, so, oh, two questions. 
so you're pulling out data and you're making um, uh, this seems to show this, this seems to show that, and that's wish list pulling that data and giving a report to somebody. Someone has to be looking at this and saying, ah, we need to do some action over here or over there. Who is that someone? Yeah, you're exactly right. So our platform, actually, everyone has a login at the company. Uh, now we have different levels and different user roles that are associated with that. So we don't show all the data to all the people, depending and kind of mirror that to your organization. Uh, but what we're seeing is leadership is absolutely key to the success of recognition programs. Um, and so that's not just the HR team, but lead, people leaders in general need to embody this, need to invest in it, need to believe it's an option. Um, we're also spitting out, you know, we all realize that leaders' time is valuable, so we have some executive digest, but everything is available in platform. We send weekly email reminders to get you to click in and to look at the data, um, but it's all accessible through the platform. We have a whole data and insights page. It's like visualizes these different widgets that are um, available on that page, and you can able to track that over time and also compare it to benchmarks to see, you know, how am I doing across industry verticals, et cetera. Oh, you can even check how am I showing up. Exactly. Yep. Right. To get my own yep. feedback. Mm-hmm. That is, um, which is a wonderful instant coaching feedback. I'm supposed to be interacting more. Is it really showing? It's not, it's not just me saying, oh, I'm interacting a whole lot more. <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, education is so important, right? There's there's a difference between a manager and a leader, in my opinion. And it's so important. You know, we have a quote on our wall at the office and it says, uh, it's actually by Zig Ziglar. And he says, you don't build a business, you build people and the people build the business. So, yeah. you know, with my background in the Navy, my first professional you know, experience was on teams that were literally life and death. And I still believe that teams are life and death, even outside of the military, they will truly make or break your organization. Um, and so how can we leverage products and teams to understand your data uh, of your team, to be able to measure that, to be able to engage with it, and then to educate um, people and leaders of, in your organization to better support their people. Because what we're seeing is, you know, as the age old, age old babbit, age old adage, what we continue to be true, that the biggest reason people leave organizations is because of direct managers. So how can I yeah. help my managers, my people leaders to help them support their team, to build their team, to show that engagement, to allow them to feel seen, the heard, even in remote environments, and then making sure that, you know, their performance, uh, even though located all over, is still the best in, possible because they have this connection with their team. They feel a part of their tribe and they're able to do the best work possible. I got a great question. Dan. Well, I got a great, did I say I got a great question? I would love to know, Dan. Okay, this is a great question. Because this is what, I, what I'm finding with some of the companies I work with is that, you know, when, when it comes to engagement scores and, you, you know, you ask, what do you think about your boss? You know, people use, oh, five stars. He's amazing. She's amazing. But you don't really know, right? Because you, you have mm-hmm. no idea. And I'm just wondering if you could actually correlate reality through your system versus, um, you know, being asked every quarter, how's my boss doing? What, do you have any comment to that, Dan? Yeah, I like it. Um, again, surveys are, are are only so good because yeah. there is that whole imposter syndrome. You know, I don't want, is, am I going to get thrown under the bus with that? So I like your idea. We're not actively doing that now, but I'm going to write it down because I like it. Okay, <laughs> so all right. Look at, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you 10%. Don't worry, Mitch. Thank um, you. I'm, I'm going to go 20, from there. 20, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. You got a deal. Uh, but but I like the concept because we could look at survey data and then overlay that almost to our collaboration mapping data 
And mm-hmm. if we're saying ex-manager, well, who's our bad guy? Brad, he's Brad's getting five bad. stars. Um, but he's also at the edge of this, you know, co- collaboration mapping the spider web. That's yes. going to be a flag for me. Maybe that's something me as, you know, Brad's leader can jump into his team because likely his team is potentially afraid. He's not building that cohesive culture. So that overlay could be really interesting and potentially be a higher risk than just negative, you know, server results or not, you know, high server results is, is that larger discrepancy. Totally. And, and I heard you say something and I wanted to double check it. Do, are you, do you gain access to other platforms? Like I heard you mention Slack. So we take this and then we compare it, you know, because Slack, some might say, gives you certain data about engagement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So our platform can operate independently, but we also uh, believe in integrations. And that's uh, that the power of here is, you know, people are already in teams already operating in Slack. They're already operating in Microsoft Teams. So we have applications within those where our platform syncs in two ways. We push data that way. We pull data from it. So anything you do in one of these communication tools is also synced to our platform. Um, and so it's just nice to, to be able to have an application. I can reward. I can recognize uh, from either of those tools and it will still collect the data and interactions within our platform. This just blows my mind. It is the, yeah, it's the perfect example of you have this idea based on recognition, all right? That's going to be the hook. And yet you knew that hook had to be hooked to a lot of other things to be distinctive. And I do remember talking to one of your competitors about a year and a half ago. and. They really don't go beyond, as you said, the point system. And then when I asked, what about comparative? Nowhere near it. This is an incredible tool. Okay, I've got to get, I got to get another story, Dan, behind this. Okay. Where, did this I, where did this idea come from? And, and how did you go ahead, go ahead and implement it? Yeah. Yeah, so I actually didn't start the company. Um, I took over from the founders back in 2017, but the founders actually met at an MBA program in, in 2010, I believe, uh, in Spain. Um, and they went into the grocery stores there and were, you were able to buy this box that was an experience. And so they liked the concept and actually launched Wishlist uh, back in 2012 as a B2C concept where for birthdays or et cetera, instead of buying somebody something, you could buy them an experience. Well, they quickly got traction in the B2B space um, and then pivoted in 2015. Um, And then I took over from the founders in 2017 with really, uh, we just had the rewards concept um, and the experiential rewards, but there was just so much potential energy that I wanted to convert to more kinetic energy. And actually through the pandemic space, um, we saw such a big need um, and we saw the workforce changing and we saw that rewards were, uh, were nice and they're, they're still, there's a play for them. We believe in rewards, but there's also a broader problem to be solved in today's workforce. So we took our hypothesis, we interviewed about 200 different companies. And what we saw though is, hey, there's other experiential, even experiential reward providers, but they didn't do a great job of connecting to an employer's why. And then we had recognition solutions that offered a way to send thank you and points back and forth. They didn't have meaningful rewards, but they really hadn't changed uh, their approach to recognition uh, in the past decade, even though the, the workforce has changed significantly, the COVID and the landscape has now changed significantly. And so we set off to create this forward-looking recognition solution that was literally built 
in this environment for this environment of the workforce of the 2020s. And then we set that on top of our reward solution. And that's what we're excited about now is just the workplace has been shaken up so much. If you're doing the same things, uh, it's going to create friction at some point. And so we're very passionate about building teams, about building culture, because we understand that's where business comes from. And so uh, through our interviews, we really understood her. And again, we have a long way to go very much uh, continue to continual growth here and what our product can solve for. But the needs now have changed so significantly that we launched a new product for it and excited to have in the market since last December. Cool, cool. Mic drop. Mic yeah. drop. Mic drop. That's what I got to say. It's mic drop. I mean, yeah, it's like, and then you're. I don't know what to say. After I don't that. know what to say. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I am, I am uh, taken aback here. Yeah, I'm it's just, plant. it's just I mean, fabulous. It's just like, wow, that's like a perfect yeah. solution. And and your 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 latest explanation came full circle to the experience. You know, um, you call it uh, a recognition tool on one hand. Um, I think you have to say recognition and experience tool because mm-hmm. that is such a major. Now, how do you come up with what these these experiences are? You talk to that particular the folks in that culture. And what's important. Yeah, yeah. building a marketplace is is challenging for sure. And it's been, we've had a, you know, a team designated to build out the marketplace over the time. So we have relationships uh, with vendors uh, across the U.S. Now we also have experiences internationally as well. And then we also have, we tap into aggregators uh, for live events. We have access to about a million different live events that you can book real time. Um, yeah. all done through the software so you can get to that sports game that you always wanted to go to go see that concert that now the things are opening back up um, so we have two different ways you're able to facilitate the rewards one of which you can do it yourself book on your own um, so then tickets or whatever you ha- are just delivered to your inbox or conversely all the local experiences that we call um, and we actually have a concierge team that will work with you to book that on your behalf so you have two different wow. options whether it be like the white glove service of the independent bookings or you just like doing it yourself and getting the tickets and going on from there. Right, right. Terrific. Uh, Mitch, it's up to you to try okay. to wrap uh, this how up. Can, how can people rush, find you, get a hold of you, and get wish list? That's my biggest question because I've, I've just been writing down the CEOs that I want to set you up with right now. And I think you're going to be really busy. <laughs> I would love any and all introductions where they want to work with us specifically or just want to toss ideas around what their company needs, uh, how to best find solution that will work for them. Again, very much believers in cultures and recognition. And if that works to be with Wishlist, fantastic. If that's doing something yourself or somebody else, I'm just excited that you know the topic of cultures and performance is still top of mind and even more so coming through the pandemic. You can find Wishlist specifically at enjoywishlist.com. And then please feel free to connect with me personally as well on LinkedIn. Dan Casper, happy to have a conversation, uh, talk about the space, what you guys are foreseeing to coming down the pike and seeing if there's ever a way we can work together. All right, Dan. And uh, Casper is K-A-S-P-E-R. That uh, is correct. Yep. He's like, like jumping on LinkedIn right this very second. Uh, wow, Dan. That was amazing. It was wonderful. Amazing. Gosh, yes. fantastic. We're yes. definitely going to bring you back on the show as soon as possible because there's so much to talk about. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah it was, it was fantastic. Great. 
Great, great. Yeah, thank you guys. No, I love thank the energy, you. love the questions. I feel like it was very conversational and got to some cool things. So um, really appreciate the opportunity. If there's any any way I can help or connect anyone, really appreciate it. Help, let me know how I can help. All right, great. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Jenny, for finding this man. Really great. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you to our fans, our listeners, our audience, our, our friends. Please share this as soon as possible with all your favorite CEOs and leaders uh, so they can get on to enjoy Wishlist and check it out. Um, as for me, I'm really excited about this podcast. Um, I look forward to another episode of Team Anywhere. Please share this episode with your friends and colleagues, and we'll see you next time on our show. 